Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Content of stories is purely fiction and not intended to be used for anything but enjoyment for those who enjoy these topics and situations. If you don't agree with the themes and the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Arresting, Officer by Illichy Thoughts 6308 Chapter 01 I was lounging on the couch in my media room, watching NASCAR on the big screen. There was a commercial on right now, and my mind was wandering. A knock on the front door brought me back to reality. As I approached the front door, I heard a radio squawk outside. I tried to peek through the sidelight glass, but it was frosted, so all I could see was a shadowy form close to the door and a flashing colored light in the background. Police? Why? I cautiously opened the door. The officer had his back to me. No. A ponytail of dark brown hair hung down to the middle of her back. Lady cop. About five foot nine. Inch. Tall lady cop. Her uniform pants were snug, but not really complimentary. Gun belt bulletproof vest. Not very feminine. She said something into her radio and holstered it. I quietly braced for her to turn around, expecting a butch, unattractive look. She turned. Whoa! Was I wrong? Even without makeup, she was stunning. Full lips, high cheekbones, very nice. But was her eyes that made the biggest impression. They positively sparkled. Somewhere between brown and hazel, and surrounded by long dark lashes. Even though she didn't smile, her eyes did, Officer. Brewster, it said on the Velcro patch of her vest. Officer Brewster explained that the reason for her visit today was due to the escape of a prisoner in the area. She asked if it would be all right for her to come in and check around the backyard. Of course. Please do. I stepped aside. Officer Brewster followed me through to the sliding doors of the patio. Please stay here. She said as she unsnapped the holster for her Glock. I wouldn't want to shoot you by accident. She added with a smile giving me a quick scan with her beautiful eyes. She slid the door aside and went out. I watched from the doorway while she did her Rambo routine, checking the shrubbery, corners and utility shed, her right hand always on her right hip holster. She was all business, but she moved with such cat-like grace, it was pretty hot to watch. Satisfied that no one was hiding, she relaxed and said something into her radio. She was closing the holster for her gun when she returned. All clear. Thank you for your cooperation, she said pleasantly as she stepped back in. She asked a few questions about how long I have lived here, which neighbors I know, etc. She finished with, And how many people live here with you? Actually, I live here alone. That was met with a mild look of surprise, then a tiny hint of a smile. I began to walk her out, while my brain was racked, trying to judge the risk of hitting on a woman who carries a semi-automatic weapon. I decided on the subtle but direct approach. Officer Brewster, may I ask you a question? I asked as we reached the front door. As long as it doesn't pertain to the case, then yes. Still all business. Okay, here goes nothing. 
Is there a Mr. Officer Brewster? Nothing. No reaction, no answer, nothing. Then I saw the sparkle in her eyes, for just a second, before she put her sunglasses back on. You have a nice day, sir, she said with a smile as she shook my hand and left. I watched her walk back to her cruiser. When she turned and saw me watching her, she smiled again, shook her head a little, and waved that I closed the door. I really would have liked to see what was under that body armor. Oh, well, about two hours later, I was again interrupted by a knock on the door. I opened it. Officer Brewster, what can I do for you? Perhaps I was premature in writing her off. I just thought you might want to know that the escapee is back in custody, she said professionally. She still had her sunglasses on. She extended her hand again. When she ended the handshake, I found myself with a folded piece of paper in my hand that I was a bit taken aback. By the time I recovered, she was back at her cruiser. She paused, tipped her sunglasses down, and winked. Then she smiled, and was off. I closed the door and quickly opened the note. Call me. 8 p.m. 555-1221 inch. I looked at my watch. Three hours. Three hours? What am I going to do for three hours? Shit doubt I went back to the media room and started a movie from my extensive collection, hoping it would distract me. Good idea, but mostly ineffective. I couldn't get her eyes out of my mind. At I dialed her number. It rang three times. Hello? Wow, that was not the cop voice I heard earlier in the day. This voice was like honey. Hello? Uh, Officer Brewster? God, I hope it's her, not a misdial that just happens to sound sexy as hell. Yes, and please call me Emily. Hello, Emily, I said. Cut to the chase. Have you eaten? Would you do me the honor of meeting me for dinner? The honor? She giggled. Where? I suggested a little place I knew. The food was good, and it should be quiet there. Twenty minutes was all she said before the line clicked off point eighteen minutes later. I was standing nervously in front of the restaurant. I suddenly realized that I really only knew what she looked like in her cop gear. Sure, I would never forget her eyes, but it was dark out here. I heard footsteps behind me. Hands up, please, she said. It was her cop voice again, but at a conversational volume. I complied. She laughed. The laugh was more like the voice on the phone. I turned out and my mouth fell open. Holy shit. She had four-inch heels on, so now she was about six feet tall. Her legs. Oh my god. Long, strong, and muscular. A burgundy-colored dress hung like a curtain from her hips. The dress was cinched around her slim waist, while a substantial chest resided above. A matching shawl wrapped her shoulders, concealing her cleavage. Her hair was down and wavier than it appeared before. She was smiling broadly, sexy red lipstick on her sensually full lips. Mascara made her already long lashes even more impressive, and her eyes sparkled as always. Emily laughed again, and reached up with her lovely hand to close my mouth. Nice to see you, too. Dot. Sorry, I gestured to the door. Shall we? She walked in ahead of me, and my eyes were immediately drawn to her ass. Like I said before, her uniform pants did nothing for her form but this dress. Wow. 
the word sinuous comes to mind. The waitress seated us, and we quickly perused the menu. Orders placed, we settled in to chat while we waited. After a few minutes, Emily shed her wrap. The effect stopped me in mid-sentence. I couldn't help it. I know it's not cool, but I looked right at her sexy cleavage. Not once but twice. Then back to her eyes. Fortunately, all she did was giggle, toss her hair, and lean in, exposing her luscious chest to me even more. Gotcha, she said, giggling again. The food arrived. For the second time in the last five minutes, I had to apologize. Sorry. I felt an explanation was necessary. It's just that. You are really not what I thought you would be. A disappointed look crossed her face. I scrambled to correct the misunderstanding. A pleasant surprise, believe me, a very pleasant surprise. I again looked at her chest. She was smiling again. I just never thought you would look like this. Under my uniform? She finished the thought. I nodded. Yeah, the gun belt and bulletproof vest don't exactly enhance my curves, do they? I also don't wear Victoria. Gesturing to her chest. Under the vest, for comfort reasons. She continued. To be honest, most guys are pretty intimidated by the look. I suppose that's the general idea. I offered. That would be correct. Also, most guys are a bit afraid of a woman with a gun. She said, shooting me with her finger. I feigned being wounded and then laughed, as did Emily. I had that very thought myself. I admitted. So what made you? She trailed off. I finished the bite I was chewing. Your eyes. You have the most beautiful eyes I have ever seen. Emily looked down, blushing at the compliment. When she looked up, her eyes positively glistened. You really know how to get to a woman, she sighed. Then she smiled and looked away. She ate in silence for a few minutes, and I caught her stealing little glances at me. Finally she put her fork down abruptly and looked me straight in the eye. Listen, why don't we get out of here? Your place? She suggested, biting her lower lip nervously. Do you follow me, or do we ride together? I asked as I gestured for the checkpoint twenty minutes later. She pulled her car into my driveway as I got out of my car. I whistled as she walked sexily over to me. Supercharged Mustang? At the risk of stating the obvious. You're my kind of girl. Emily just walked past me and leaned against the front door frame. The message was pretty clearly I'm waiting. I opened the door and we entered. A as soon as the door was closed, she was on me. She pressed me back against the door and kissed me. Gently at first, then with increasing passion as I returned the gesture. She grabbed my hand and placed it on her ass. With her heels on, I hardly had to bend at all to kiss her and fondle her firm ass. We made out like teenagers for about ten minutes, caressing each other wildly while our tongues intertwined. Emily finally came up for air. I could use something to drink, she said, slipping from my arms and turning toward the kitchen. I watched her ass sway sensually as she disappeared around the corner. I caught my breath and followed her. When I reached the kitchen door, she was bent over, peeking into the fridge. I quickly stole up behind her and placed both hands on her hips. I ran my fingers around the smooth, firm curves of her ass, grinding against her as well. A moan came echoing out of the fridge. She came up with a can of Pepsi in her hand. She looked me directly in the eyes as she pivoted away. 
With one finger, Emily pushed me back. She put the can down on the island, kicked off her shoes and hopped up on the counter, crossing her legs. She popped the can open and took a swig. She wiggled her feet at me, then put the can back down. Slowly, she uncrossed her legs and opened her arms to me that I stepped into her arms, and she closed her eyes. We kissed again. Damn, she tasted good, and it wasn't just the Pepsi. As we continued our embrace, her breathing began to increase with her passion. She had her hands on my head, pulling my lips to hers. I let her dictate the pace. Without warning, she wrapped Hay's strong legs around my hips and scooted her hips forward until her crotch was hard up against me. I squeezed her closer to my chest, feeling the fullness of her breasts crushed against me. The combination of events was having a great effect on the contents of my pants, and given that only a few layers of fabric separated us, I'm sure Emily was fully aware of it. She pulled harder with her heels, grinding her crotch against mine. She pulled her head back. Is that a gun in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? She giggled, grinding her pussy on my hard bulge. Perhaps this was a new way to do a pat-down. I'm ecstatic to see you. I whispered, kissing her up the side of the neck. That must have been on her list of favorite things, because she gasped, then moaned loudly. I assume this house has a bedroom? She said between passionate Ostat. Actually, it has several, I said as I trailed kisses across her collarbone. Well, we only need one. Ah, uh, or at least. On, one at a time. A few moments later, we stumbled together into the bedroom, still kissing and collapsed on my bed. After another few minutes of necking, Emily rolled up on top of me and sat up across my hips. She wiggled her hips and jerked her thumb to the left. Bathroom? I nodded. I will be back in a minute or two. Get comfortable, if you know what I mean. She called over her shoulder as she swayed her hips through the door. A few minutes later, she was back. The dress was missing, but her bra and thong were a very similar color. Oh man, I wanted to take that off you. Well, if things work out, then you might get another chance. She smiled as she slinked over to me. Geez, no pressure there. Emily lifted the sheet and peeked under. I was naked, and my cock was almost fully ready. Now, that's what I call comfortable. She said, licking her lips. She turned her back, pulling her hair forward. Do you want to do the honors? Absolutely. I said, reaching up to unhook her bra. The secret Victoria was harboring was 34 dd. On the way down her back, I hooked two fingers in the sides of thong and skinned it off her hips. She lingered beside the bed for a few seconds, allowing me a close inspection of her butt. Spectacular doesn't do it justice. Flawless skin, sensual curves, just magnificent. Then she turned, and magnificent suddenly became insufficient as well. The lips of her pussy pouted open, like the petals of a highly sexed flower. I glanced up, making eye contact though the gap between her equally incredible breasts. Emily pushed me back on the bed and joined me under the sheets. Our lips met again. Her hard nipples pressed into my chest. She pulled her mouth from mine and gave me a funny look. I never actually got the chance to finish my dinner, so if you'd excuse me. She said cryptically. Then she ducked under the covers, and the code was instantly deciphered. I felt her hand around the base of my shaft, then her tongue ran up my length, and a warm wetness engulfed the head. Oh. 
My. God. Was about all I could say. Major understatement. I lifted the sheet and watched her head bob up and down on my cock. Um. Excuse me, officer? Um. What are you doing? She pulled my rod from her lips and smiled up at me. Well, sir, I am checking you for dangerous weapons. I found one, and I am trying to make it safe by unloading it. Need I remind you that anything you say can be used against you? She immediately resumed her work, sucking furiously. Anything I say can be used against me? Right. Oh. Please stop. Don't suck my cock like that. I complained. Just as I hoped, she played along, sucking me harder and faster. No matter what you do to me, I won't tell you anything, copper. She redoubled her efforts. I was about ready to empty the mag down her throat. Oh, fuck. Emily found my trigger and pulled it. My weapon went off, round after round being chambered and fired. She swallowed, moaning with each gulp. Once she was sure I was safely empty, she squirmed back up beside me, licking residue from her lips. Just as I thought. Fully automatic. Definitely illegal. She giggled that I was trying to regain my senses, so I didn't really respond. Oh, and one more thing, copper? Who are you? Edward G. Robinson? She laughed and poked me in the ribs. That made me laugh, senseless or not. You try coming up with something good when someone is sucking your cock. She held her luscious tits up to me. Okay, I mean. You try coming up with something good while someone is sucking your clit. She nodded, satisfied that I knew she was a woman. Like there was any way I could make that mistake. Don't mind if I do. Emily said, throwing the sheets aside and laying back with her legs spread wide. I rolled over between her thighs, ready to take up the challenge. Her pouty pussy glistened with excitement. She was shaved perfectly smooth. Her clit sat proudly at the top of her open lips, bright pink, and begging for attention. It was that attention I planned to deny her, at least until I felt the time was right. I moved in closer, kissing her vulva gently. Whispering moans slipped from her throat. I pointed my tongue and circled the little rosebud of her asshole. More moaning. I licked gently up her labia, first one side, then the other. I thrust my tongue into her pussy. I licked, I sucked, I nibbled, I kissed, I blew, I rubbed, in every nook and cranny, and on every bit of her pussy, except her clit. For about fifteen minutes, I teased her. She went from moaning to screaming and from merely wet to absolutely drenched. She even sought to take matters into her own hands, but when she tried to flick her now red and swollen little clit, I swatted her hand. Do I have to restrain you? I threatened. She may be the one with the gun and handcuffs in her purse, but I could always get out the duct tape. Emily put her hands to work on her breasts instead, pinching, pulling and twisting her highly aroused nipples. She was hoping to make herself come. She couldn't take much more of this agony. If I wouldn't touch her clit, maybe she could push herself over the top by playing with her tits. She was panting wildly now, shrieking every time I licked her lips. Now I began to use my fingers more, thrusting two fingers into her, and she tossed her head from side to side, mumbling and groaning. I hooked my fingertips upward, pressing on the grainy surface of her G-spot. From my viewpoint, between her legs— her excitement was clearly visible. Her stomach rose and fell raggedly with her gasping breaths. 
Further up, her huge breasts quivered deliciously, and her nipples looked about ready to explode, they were so erect. I decided she had had enough. I braced myself for the blast to come. I mean, the blast of I licked her juicy lips once more, then dipped my tongue deep into her again, as I had dozens of times previously. She wailed again, positively vibrating with lust. However, this time I allowed my tongue to continue upward, flicking her neglected clit with my tongue. Her wail increased in pitch. When I wrapped my lips around her love bud and sucked, she went off like a live round. Emily arched her back, and one hand flew to the back of my head, and her thighs locked around my head. She screamed. Oh, yes. Oh, my fucking God, yeses. And her pussy let loose with a veritable tsunami of hot love juices, which I eagerly consumed as quickly as she could gush it out. Her scream gradually trailed off, but her mouth remained open, her head thrown back and her back arched. Her pussy twitched, and then she just melted, collapsing into a gasping puddle of limp flesh. Her thighs relaxed, and I freed myself from between her legs, wiping my chin with the back of my hand. Emily was out like a light. The heaving of her beautiful breasts made it obvious that she was breathing, but she was totally unresponsive. I licked her nipples. Nothing. I kissed her. Nothing. So I decided to just snuggle beside her and hold her until she regained her senses. I turned on the TV and held her in my arms. Her breathing returned to normal, and she slept with her head on my chest. About fifteen minutes later, her hand moved on my stomach, followed a few seconds later by her head lifting off my chest. She looked at me bleary-eyed, her hair tousled wildly. She tried to brush the hair out of her eyes. What happened? And what time is it? She asked. It's just before eleven, and you, my dear, just had the biggest orgasm I have ever seen a woman have. I replied. What? She wondered, then the fog began to lift from her brain. Oh, right. You were licking my pussy. You wouldn't let me come. She smiled as she remembered. Is there such a thing as a post-orgasmic hangover? She asked as she teetered unsteadily toward the bathroom point five minutes past. If you are as good with your cock as you are with your tongue. This could be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Emily said from the doorway. She had brushed her hair, restoring it to perfection. She stretched like a cat, causing her breasts to ride higher on her chest. A vision of sexiness. She considered her last comment. And I guess I should update my will and life insurance, because you could be fatal. She laughed. Thank you. I said as she rejoined me in bed. No. Thank you. That was amazing, she said, leaning in to kiss me. She sniffed and licked her lips when she pulled back. You smell and taste like my pussy. And I taste good. No argument there. I tried to lean in for another kiss, but she put her hand on my chest. I really hate to do this. Boy, do I hate to do this, but I have to go. I work early tomorrow morning and need to get home. I wish I could spend the night, but I have a feeling that would result in getting no sleep at all. She was slipping back into her bra. A minute later, she was coming out of the bathroom, zipping her dress as she went. I tried not to look disappointed. Baby, we will definitely be continuing this later. Don't worry. She patted my dick through the sheets. Where are my shoes? Um, 
Kitchen. Oh, and don't forget these. I said, her thong hanging from my finger. She kissed me again. You keep those for now, she said, tucking them in my mouth with a giggle that I pulled them out. So I'll just hold them hostage until you do what I want. A few minutes later, she was out the door. I heard the Mustang fire up, and the rumble faded into the distance that I looked at her thong, still in my hand, and sighed. I killed the light and headed upstairs to sleep. When I woke in the morning, there was a text on my phone. Still soaking wet, was all it said with a happy face. Later, another one arrived. Thong napper! I played along sending her a pic of her thong, laying on the front page of today's newspaper with a pair of scissors. If you want to see your thong alive again, you know what to do. I typed. Moments later, she responded. Oh no, mister. Please don't hurt my thong. I'll do anything. LOL. About 1 p.m., there was a familiar knock on the door. I opened it, and Emily. I mean, Officer Brewster, quickly came in. I closed the door behind her. She went straight to the kitchen. By the time I got there, she was safing her Glock ejecting the magazine and working the slide to eject the round from the chamber. She undid her belt from her hips and placed it on the counter. The Velcro on her vest made the familiar ripping sound as she removed the body armor. I have thirty minutes for a break. Care for a quickie? she asked. Duh. I pounced on her, kissing her roughly as my hands dispatched the buttons on her uniform blouse. She worked on her pants. Within seconds, she was down to a sports bra and high-cut panties. While I was dropping my shorts, Emily's lips did a few quick laps on my dick, before she hopped up on the island. Her panties were already on the floor. I peeled her brow over her head, freeing her beautiful tits. Fuck me, was all she said, at least that's all she said before I jammed my cock into her surprisingly wet snatch. Oof. That's it. Give me that cock she said as she laid back on the granite. Shit, that's cold, she screamed, but grabbed the edge of the counter to brace herself. Keep fucking me. Her tits bounced in rhythm to my thrusting. I had both cheeks of her firm, muscular ass in my hands, and her strong thighs gripped at my hips. She seemed to be enjoying herself, and I most certainly was. Emily's cunt gripped me snugly, and I could feel her vaginal muscles ripple. Oh baby, your cock feels so good. Please keep fucking me like that. I'm gonna come soon. I guess I should consider those to be police orders, so I complied, shafting her hot pussy with renewed vigor. Her beautiful tits, now topped with extremely erect nipples, began to swing more enticingly. I leaned over and extended my tongue, allowing first one nipple, then the other, to move across my tongue. Oh, yes, sis. Coming now, she shrieked. Her cunt gushed around my hard cock, dribbling juice onto the granite. She finished her orgasm. Keep going, baby, I feel another one. Coming. After her second orgasm, her body relaxed, and her eyes took on a slightly glazed look, but unlike last night, she remained conscious. She looked up at me and smiled dreamily, as I continued to ream her pussy. I want your cum. I need your cum. Please let me suck you, she said quietly. Now usually if you tell a cop to suck your dick, well, things don't turn out well. I was a very lucky guy. Suck me. I want to come in your mouth. Emily smiled as I pulled out of her pussy.
she quickly hopped off the counter and knelt in front of me. She grabbed my cock, licking her own lubrication off it. Then she inhaled me, all the way to the root of my penis. Mmm, she moaned, beginning to suck me frantically. Her ponytail swung from side to side. Her tits jiggled. I looked down, enjoying the view, while she slurped noisily on my erection. I made eye contact with her. Oh God! You suck my cock so good. Oh yeah, that's it, baby. You're gonna make me come, baby. Here. It. Comes. My cock flexed hard, blasting hot juice into Emily's mouth. She swallowed greedily, milking me for every drop. When she was done, I felt weak in the knees. I leaned on the counter, and my hand landed in the puddle Emily had left on top. Mmm, pussy gravy. I smiled at her, licking my fingers. Didn't your mother teach you to share? She asked, joining me in the cleanup. Mmm, yummy. Within five minutes, she was fully dressed again, reloading her weapon before snapping it back in her holster. I walked her to the door. She reached up and gave me a deep, passionate kiss. Thank you, baby. I really needed that. After last night, I was so fucking horny. Now, the really good news is that I am off for the next two days. She raised her eyebrows. So, would you like a guest? She asked hopefully. I can't think of anything that would make me happier. I said as I kissed her again. Wonderful. I will swing by my place and pick up some things after work, and should be here around six. Should I bring us some dinner? I nodded. Okay. You go take a nap, and I will be back before you know it. Besides, she cupped my crotch with her hand. You are going to need all the energy you can get. So I did what she said. I took a nice four-hour nap. Then I had a shower and put on some clean clothes. I heard the rumble and whine of a supercharged engine pulling into my driveway. I raced down the stairs like a little kid and ran out to meet her. She was pulling a small duffel out of the trunk. Two large pizza boxes sat on the roof. I grabbed them and we headed inside. I didn't know what you like, so I got two, she said, dropping her bag on the floor in the kitchen. I like you, I said coyly. And I like you, but I was referring to the pizza, she replied. Yeah, I guess they don't have five feet nine inches goddess on their menu. I teased, she blushed. Why, thank you, baby. And no, I am not on their menu, but I am on yours, she said, taking her place in my arms and kissing me. Her tongue dueled with mine. I had one hand on her breast, while the other held her ass. I am also famished. Let's eat while it's warm. Dot. What I want to eat is always warm. I replied with a wink. And wet. She blushed again, but continued to pull plates from the cabinet. About twenty minutes later, she was finishing her sixth slice. Where the hell do you put it? It sure as hell doesn't go to your ass, which is perfect, by the way. Emily just laughed and cupped her fabulous boobs. If that's where it goes, can I get you another slice or two? Aha! So you like big tits, do you? My turn to blush, now. Yes, I like big tits. But I love your big tits. I turned the blush back to her dot we spent the next hour on the couch, snuggling in each other's arms, petting and making out like teenagers, even watching a little TV. We talked about favorite music 
foods and movies. I told her about my movie collection, and she perused the cabinet which held it. I don't see any porn, she teased. I know you have some. Oh. Yeah, well, that is stored in, um, another location. My blush again. Do you mind if I have a quick shower? She asked as she picked up her bag from the floor. Not at all. You know where it is. I gave her some time to get herself ready, while I cleaned up the kitchen. I then went back to watching TV for a few minutes, killing time. I finally decided to go upstairs after her. As I reached the top of the stairs, I heard a familiar moan coming from the bedroom. Emily had found the porn. She was laying in the middle of the bed, stark naked. Her hair was still wet from the shower, but her pussy was wet for another reason. On the bedroom TV played an image of a blonde with huge tits, getting fucked energetically. I like big tits too, she panted, plunging a big, fat vibrator into her open cunt. The look on her face was blissful. The look on my face must have been more like confused, as I don't own a dildo. So, you had to pick up a few things? I asked. She just smiled and watched the screen, where the blonde was now being tit-fucked. I watched her pleasure herself for another minute or two. It was quite a sight. She was shuddering with lust. South close. South close. I leaned over and latched onto one of her stiff buds. Apparently, that's all it took. Emily came with a screaming convulsion. Her hand slipped off the vibrator, and her pussy squeezed it out with a wet, squishy noise. She writhed, arched her back, and twisted her torso. She collapsed, gasping for breath, on her side. I stroked her back and kissed her neck. She was calming down now. I walked over to the DVD case on the dresser and picked it up. I turned back to face the bed. She was looking at me sheepishly. I do hope you had a warrant for that search, officer. I chastised her. No, but I did have probable cause. What would that be? I asked. Well, you are a man, so you probably had porn, and you probably jerk off while watching your porn, and you probably preferred privacy while you were jerking off to your porn, and okay, okay, you win. Jeez, remind me not to get you mad at me. Or try to hide anything from you. I laughed. Emily was smiling at me. What's that look for? I like your taste in porn. She giggled, hiding her face in mock shame. I was back beside her on the bed now, having shed my clothes as well. What about my taste in women? I asked as I caressed her hip. Yes, I like your taste in women as well. She purred while I continued to graze my fingers over her hip and ass. In fact, she added, withdrawing her fingers from her still-tingling pussy and licking them. I like the taste of your taste in women. I agree. I pushed her onto her back, grabbed her legs and wrenched them apart. I placed my mouth over her pussy and gave her a big lick, followed by a quick suck on her clit. Oh no. Oh no. I am so fucking sensitive right now. Please no. My tongue continued to lave her juicy snatch. Please no. Please. No. Don't. Don't stop. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck, yes. Uh. Oh, yes. Yeses. Another orgasm, smaller than the last, but she came just the same that I sat up between her legs. Wait, didn't you say no, please no, don't? Emily was panting again, 
but she nodded. But I thought I heard you also say don't stop, oh yes, oh yes? She nodded again. It's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. She gasped. Well, unless you have any serious objections, I'd really like to make love to you now. Does that sound like something you might want to do? I watched her eyes as I said it. Emily breathed deep, regaining her composure. She smiled, the biggest smile I had ever seen. Her eyes twinkled, as though a switch had been flipped. Yes. Yes, it sounds very much like something I want to do. I rubbed the head of my hard cock between her slippery lips. Slowly, I slid my length into her wetness. I rested on my elbows and looked deep into her eyes while I wiggled deeper, until I was fully sheathed by her hot pussy. I kissed her as I very gently began to withdraw, then reinsert my penis. A soft moan escaped her lips, intensifying the kiss. I loved the feel of her pussy muscles gripping me while I pulled back, and the way she relaxed them to welcome me back in. She was gently milking me, but I was in no hurry. I intended to make this last out we kissed each other, long and gentle, while I continued to slowly thrust in and out. Periodically, Emily would shudder and gasp, as her pleasure overtook her doubt I pulled out and slid up beside her, lifting her right leg to get access to her pussy. I slipped back into her. Now I could play with her tits better while I shafted her smoothly. I watched her face as she shuddered again. She was flushed and her nipples were about three-quarters of an inch erect, the areolas puckered tightly. I kept my pace of long, slow strokes. Another shudder, moaning and mewling quietly. I think that was her sixth, but my count could be off. I was starting to get to myself, as well. A familiar heat was building in my balls. I wouldn't last much longer, so it was time to change position again that I pulled out and rolled her onto her stomach lifting her hips while taking position behind her. I have something in my bag you might like, Emily suggested. I grabbed the bag and put it where she could access it. A few seconds of rummaging produced a small, cigar-shaped torpedo vibrator with a tail on it. She dipped it in her pussy to get it well lubricated, then twisted it, turning it on. She placed it against her little, pink rosebud. Please? she asked, wiggling her butt excitedly. I slowly pushed the vibrator in, until just beyond halfway. Emily was moaning loudly, and when her ass seemingly sucked it the rest of the way in, she really got excited. Oh, yes. Now stick your cock in me. I did as requested. Her pussy transmitted to tingle of the vibrator to my dick. A very interesting feeling. I grabbed her hips and began to fuck her. Gentle went out the window as the vibration started to get to me. Emily was coming again, but this wasn't a shudder and a moan. It was a firm, sporadic clutching of her hot cunt and a scream. Actually, several screams. I was pounding her hard, she was coming and screaming, and the vibrator was buzzing happily away. I could sense that the end was near, but I had been buried in her pussy for almost an hour, so I was more than ready that I slammed her one last time and started to come deep inside her. The extended lovemaking and the vibrator resulted in me having a huge load to deposit. I ground my cock home while I sprayed her insides, and my cock twitched for about a thirty seconds. I was grunting like an animal, and Emily was still shrieking and quivering. Finally, I couldn't hold myself up anymore. I fell back on the bed, 
and my cock pulled out with an audible pop. My cum gushed out of her gaping pussy as her orgasmic spasms squeezed it out. She reached frantically between her legs for the little tail of the vibrator and yanked it out of her ass, collapsing on her stomach. Only then did she stop screaming. Too much, too many. Need to breathe. Emily moaned in ecstatic agony. I must admit, my own orgasm was devastating. I can't imagine how she must have felt. She must have come ten times, counting the last earth-shattering one dot between the two of us. We did manage to help each other get to the bathroom for a very necessary shower. We then changed the sheets, dumping the cum-soaked ones in the laundry. We then slept like the dead, holding each other snugly. I woke before Emily did. She had rolled away from me, and was curled up in the sheets on her side. Her hair was a tousled mess, but she still looked like a peaceful, sexy angel. I laid there and watched her sleep for a while. I could get used to having her in my bed. I carefully rolled out of bed, so I wouldn't disturb her. I pulled on some shorts and went downstairs. About an hour later, I was puttering around in the kitchen when I heard a voice behind me. Good morning. It is still morning, right? I turned. Emily was leaning against the doorway, naked, her head tilted over. Her long hair hung over her face. I looked at the clock. Just barely. Can I get you anything? Please. Some coffee? Maybe something to eat. And then, I think I'd like some more of your cock. She was grinning at me through her disheveled hair. I went about making us some bacon and eggs, and delivered a coffee to her at her seat at the table. She sipped the warm liquid and tried to untangle her hair with her fingers. Momentarily, she disappeared, then returned, having run a brush through her hair, and restrained it into her ponytail. She looked much more awake now. She was still naked, though. Naked, and lightly grazing the delicious curves of her breasts with her fingertips, while she waited for Breaky. Her fingers made the occasional sojourn south of the border. I brought two plates over to the table. As I approached, she clapped her hands. Oh, goody. My hands were still full of plates, but she tugged my shorts down, freeing my hard cock. I know I had been cooking but I had a perfect view of a naked goddess the whole time, so, of course I was hard. Her lips wrapped around the head, and she bobbed on my shaft a few times. I put down one plate and placed my hand on her head, moaning my obvious approval of her technique. Sit please, she said, patting the chair beside hers as she removed my dick from her mouth. I did as she asked, putting the other plate down beside the first. Emily then straddled me, facing away, and reached between her thighs. She slowly lowered her dripping pussy over the head of my cock, manipulating her hips until I was fully ensconced in her warmth. She began a slow ride, her hips doing long strokes on my erection, while she ravenously consumed the contents of her plate. She was multitasking in a way I wouldn't have thought possible. Suddenly, her hips stopped moving. I am being so rude. I apologize. She giggled as she pulled off my cock. She spun around and straddled me again, lowering her pussy and fully impaling herself. She dumped the contents of the plates together on one. Community plate. Emily began to ride me again, while feeding me scrambled eggs and bacon with her fingers. Little bits of egg fell from her fingers onto her breasts, where I felt compelled to do clean-up duty. Soon, she was placing the eggs on her nipples by design, alternating breasts with each bite. The contents of the plate were gone, 
so she put it on the table, allowing her to concentrate on the serious business of fucking. Now, she really started to ride me harder, and her beautiful breasts took on a life of their own, quivering and bouncing freely before my eyes. Her breathing was getting faster and more labored. Her nipples were dark red and standing tall. A deep flush spread across her face, neck and chest, announcing the approach of her orgasm. I looked directly into her eyes, and they rolled back as it hit her. Emily's head snapped back. A moan started in her toes, and raced up her body like a locomotive before exploding from her mouth. She shuddered, quivered, and spasmed. Eventually, her breathing eased. A smile crossed her face, and she milked my still hard cock with her vaginal muscles. Now, on a scale of one to ten, that was a... I ventured. Six. Last night was a bunch of fives and sixes, with one, oh, let's say fifteen. I give our first night, the one where I passed out, a twenty-nine. She was wriggling her hips, grinding her clit against the base of my cock, and grinning lasciviously. Well, grade this one. I placed my hands under the cheeks of her ass and picked her up, while standing up myself. I lowered her onto the table on her back, and began to thrust into her without remorse. I fucked her hard, and in this position, I had lots of leverage on my side. I pounded her pretty, wet pussy with full-length strokes. She began to wail as another orgasm ripped through her body. I didn't even break stride. I had my hands grabbing her hips, pulling her to me as I slammed her cunt. She kept coming, and I kept fucking. The hot, rippling flesh of her pussy was getting to me, but I kept thrashing her. I could feel the kettle coming to a boil, but I kept fucking, and she kept coming. Little squeaky shrieks escaped her lips in a constant stream as her orgasm continued. Finally, I exploded. Hot semen rocketed out, filling her pussy to overflowing. I spent my last few strokes, my plunging cock squeezing the mixture of our juices, so that pressurized jets of goo squirted out her. I could see a mop in our future. I held her waist, trying to catch my breath. Her body was slick with sweat, and she was gasping desperately. She looked up at me and grinned. She held up one finger on her left hand, followed by four on her right. She saw the mildly disappointed look on my face. Don't add. Two digits. She breathed with a sexy smile. Oh, I get it. Not five. First digit one and second digit four. Fourteen. Bonus points. I smiled back. My dick had softened to the point where it slipped wetly out of her pussy, followed by a stream of our combined cum that puddled on the floor with a splash. Sometimes sex can be so messy. Emily was listening to the wet, dripping sounds coming from below her. That felt incredible, but it sounds disgusting. I think I will stay here until I stop flowing, so I don't leave a trail through your house. A minute or so later, she was done. We leaned on each other for support and headed up to the shower. We washed each other with care, paying special attention to certain areas. By the time we had dried each other, I was hard again, and Emily had that look in her eyes that we rolled into bed together in a full-body embrace. Our lips and tongues were fully engaged. I rolled over on top and slid into her. Emily groaned as I went deeper then deeper still, until I was fully inserted. She was puffing and panting. Gently, please. My kitty is a bit sore, especially after that last one. I looked at the expression on her face.
I didn't need to come again, and probably wouldn't, unless something exceptional happened. This was for her pleasure. She saw the look of concern on my face. Oh, you are so sweet. Her hand caressed my face. I love that, but don't worry. If it gets too much, I promise I will tell you. I just want one more orgasm. She smiled. So, don't stop, just don't kill me. My concerns assuaged. I began to stroke her slowly. After a few minutes, her hands moved to my ass, pulling me in a bit faster. Her face was relaxed, eyes closed, and her mouth was slightly open, moaning quietly. A few more minutes, and her legs came up around my hips, spurring me faster. She was breathing hard now, her moans louder as her excitement increased. I fucked her a little harder. Her pussy may have been sore, but that didn't mean it wasn't juicy. Warm chick slick coated my shaft and dripped down my balls. Emily's moans became louder still and became interspersed with directions. Oh. Yes. On. On. That's it. On. Baby. Getting. On. Close. On. On. Fuck. Yes. On. Faster now. On. 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 Oh yes. On. Yes. Yeses. Ahem. Yeses. She shuddered, wrapping her arms around my shoulders and her legs around my hips. Her body twitched and bucked under me, and I could feel her vaginal muscles clench around my cock. At last, she relaxed, and I pulled out. If you are interested. I think that was a seven-inch. She hissed. Maybe eight. Thank you, baby. I snuggled in beside her, resting my head on her shoulder. I watched her breasts quiver as they rose and fell with her ragged breathing. Her hand closed around my shaft, and she stroked me a few times, lubricated by her residual juices. Excuse me, she said as she slowly disappeared under the covers. Her lips encircled my still hard cock, and she licked me clean while making yummy noises. I rolled on my side toward her, and her hand on my ass urged me on. I started to rock my hips, fucking her mouth. I heard sounds of consent from below, and the hand on my ass pulled me in, while her other hand tickled my balls, which were tightening up. I fucked her mouth a bit harder and deeper. Emily angled her body back, so that her neck was more extended, and suddenly my cock went right down her throat. Emily's nose was deep in my pubes. I couldn't believe she was deep-throating me. I'd had other women try, but no one had been successful. It felt fabulous. I pulled back, Emily sucked in a breath, and I slid down her throat again. She was swallowing, and the sensations it gave me set me off. Oh fuck yes, baby. Suck my cock. Here it comes. I unloaded the remaining contents of my balls down her throat. About a minute of gentle cleaning later, she wriggled back up to her pillow. She kissed me again, then turned away, squirming her ass against me as she pressed back into my grasp. She wrapped herself in my arms like I was a blanket, and placed my hand on her breast. I gently stroked her skin. Minutes later, we were both sound asleep. I awoke around 4 p.m. Emily was slithering out of my arms, and I opened my eyes just in time to see her perfectly formed ass jiggle as she scooted into the bathroom. Nice butt! I called after her sleepily, to let her know that I was awake. A giggle echoed out of the bathroom. 
Thank you, she whispered as she took her position in my arms again, a few minutes later. What do you want to do for dinner? She asked quietly, over her shoulder. I know what I want for dessert, I said, squeezing her tight. You have a one-track mind, Dot. I have a one-track dick, Dot. I know. I can feel it, she said, squirming her but against my hardening erection. Seriously, I wouldn't mind going back to that restaurant we met at. I thought the food was good, what I had of it. You had me so horny, I was almost ready to jump you at the table. At least this time, we can both relax and eat, she added. We can take my car, but you can drive. I know you want to. She wiggled her bum point ninety minutes later. We pulled up in front of the restaurant. What can I say? I took the long way, the very long way. She has a really nice car. I think I want to get one. Love that supercharger. I looked over at Emily. She was grinning at me. She was supercharged, too, and she was right. The food was good, but the company was better. Emily was a real pleasure to be around. She was a strong woman, and not just in the physical sense. I found myself watching her, dreaming about a long-term future that included her. So, I told the alien that he couldn't park there, even if Elvis was with him. She waved. Hello, Daydreamer? A bright smile erupted on her face. Are you in there? She lowered her voice and leaned in closer. Did I fuck you up, baby? It's been hours since we had sex. Am I really that powerful? I returned from my reverie and smiled back. You have no idea. Poor baby. I'm not buying it. What's going on in there? She said, tapping me on the forehead. Truthfully? I asked. Emily leaned in on the table and rested her luscious breasts on the edge. Her neckline was not going to make this easier. Always, she said. I was wondering how to keep you in my life. I guess I have grown accustomed to your face. Among other things. I smiled, dropping my eyes to her cleavage. I know I am moving kind of fast. Fast is fine. She cut me off. So this has become more than just sex to you. Feeling something more? I took her hand. Look, I'm a cop, and I might not come home tomorrow. I just need you to remember that. I'm not asking you not to get involved with me. I just don't want you to get hurt. She paused and looked down. When she looked up, her eyes were moist, and her voice quivered slightly. Because this has become more than just sex for me, too. We looked at each other in silence for a few minutes. I held her hand, stroking her soft skin gently. Damn. I told myself this wouldn't happen to me, she whispered, breaking the silence. You asked me out, and you were hot, and I thought he looks like a fun fuck, so I went home with you. She was looking at me and smiling. Then you turned out to be more than a fun fuck. You are an incredible fuck, by the way. You didn't just use me for your pleasure. You actually cared about my pleasure, and I started to feel things, things I tried to deny feeling. Dot I pulled her lips to mine and kissed her. Her lips were soft and delicious, and they spoke to me about her feelings without saying a word. So, I guess no one will mess with me now. After all, my girlfriend is a cop. I laugh, breaking the tension. Seriously, Emily. I understand what you are trying to protect me from. But I think Shakespeare had it right. It is better to have loved and lost. She nodded. 
and I am willing to take that chance if the prize is getting to spend time with you. I paused for a minute, trying to get up the courage to continue. I asked a woman with a gun on her hip for a date, point blank, but I wasn't able to tell her I loved her. Somehow, that logic finally won out. I love you, I said, after I'd brought her chin up so I could look directly into her eyes. I wanted her to hear more than just my words. Tears were welling up in her eyes. It only made me love her more. Thinking back to the first time I saw her, hand on her gun, slinking around my backyard, she was all business. She was a police officer. Now she was a woman, my woman, and vulnerable from within. I touched her cheek, just as a tear rolled down. I hope those are happy tears, I said quietly. She nodded and rubbed her face against my palm. I haven't said this to anyone since I graduated from the academy, but... I love you too. The words came out, and her body relaxed, like she had accepted losing the battle with herself. I suddenly realized where we were, and the parallels that happened the last time we were here. I laughed. Emily looked at me questioningly. I was just thinking that this is now officially my favorite restaurant on the planet. The last time we were here, we ended up in bed immediately afterwards. I hope I'm not being presumptuous, but I think history is about to repeat itself. I explained. Emily smiled. No. I don't think you are being presumptuous at all. You are so going to get fucked when we get out of here. She brushed a loose hair away from her face. I think I call this our lucky restaurant. I know I feel lucky. Another smile beamed from her beautiful face. Now, my love, shall we? We walked arm in arm out to the car. Emily took her seat, and as I closed the door, I realized that I not only got the girl, but the car as well. Once I had taken my place behind the wheel, I turned to her and giggled. Okay, what's so funny? She asked. Oh, I was just wondering how this car will look with just married on the back. I replied. She laughed back. No presumption there, she added. I just have one request. Dot. Anything for you, my darling. Dot. That day I get to drive, she said, smiling from ear to ear. Chapter 02 I was sitting in my study, staring at the uncooperative screen of my computer. Despite my best efforts today, very little of the thoughts that swirled through my head had found their way through my fingers. As a result, I was feeling a little stalled. When I felt this way, Time lost its meaning. I don't even know how long I had been sitting there, but a familiar sound brought me back out of my stupor. It was a whine. Not from a dog, although there was one in the house, downstairs somewhere. No, this whine was mechanical and accompanied by a low rumble. Emily was home. I stood up and saw her Mustang, a Roush Stage 3, pull into our driveway. I felt the same way I felt every day when she came home safely, relieved. Lucky. Thankful that I was already on my way to greet her when I heard her voice. Davis? Honey? I'm home, she called. Her tone was happy. It wasn't always the case. Her face lit up when she saw me at the top of the stairs, and she opened her arms to welcome my hug. I embraced her, squeezing her tight. Most of the time, that hug would have her soft, voluptuous chest pressed tight against me, but today— all I felt was body armor. While it wasn't normal for her to wear at home, it wasn't that unusual either. 
a result of simple geography. Sometimes she was closer to home than her precinct at the end of her shift. Despite the Kevlar, I held her close. My hands caressed her back, feeling the extra mags for her service weapon in the back pouches of her vest. My arm detected that weapon in the holster under her left arm. Glad you're home, baby. I whispered in her ear, reluctant to let her go. And me too, honey, she said softly. Long day. I had learned long ago that asking her about that long day was a double-edged sword. While I was interested in her job, there was plenty she couldn't tell me, there was plenty she was trying to shield me from, and plenty I really didn't want to know. It gave me a whole new appreciation for the police. They do an absolutely impossible job, day after day, for a public who don't give a shit about them, largely because they, the public, don't know how bad it really is out there. Well, I, for one, now know how bad it is, and it scares the crap out of me. For almost three years, since Emily and I had met and fallen for each other, I had wondered, every time she left, if I would see her again. She had warned me. She told me, very early in our relationship, that the prospect of loss was exactly why she had steered away from getting involved in the past. We had mutually decided to risk it, but still hadn't actually tied the knot. Things had improved somewhat since she had left the uniform division. Early on, as Constable or Officer Brewster, she had been on the front lines, driving a cruiser around by herself. In our area, cops didn't have partners, like they do on TV. Apparently, we were better off than some parts of the country. In reality? Not so much. I was reminded of it every day. Like today, for example. Emily headed upstairs to change, and I followed, planning to help her. She let me help her off with her jacket, then turned to face me, smiling as she watched my eyes wander across the bulletproof vest that obscured her form. There had been occasions when that same vest had been a sexual costume. Picture a beautiful, naked, buxom woman riding your cock while wearing such an anachronistic outfit as that armor. Modern necessity meets the most ancient of urges. Now I realized how foolish that attitude had been. Peeling back the Velcro that held it in place, I slid the vest off, then began to unbutton her blouse. She turned her back, letting me roll the fabric over her shoulders. There it was dot a reminder, of the day I came home in the early afternoon, to find her sitting on the couch. It was too early for her to be home, so I figured something was wrong, and I was right. The sling on her right arm confirmed it point six hours earlier, she had been called to the scene of a break-in. Backup was on the way, but hadn't arrived before she was confronted by an armed suspect. Fortunately, she was faster than he was, and her aim was better. Her bullet hit a more vital area than his did. He would live, but was in no shape to keep her from cuffing him, with one hand. The other hand, her left, was incapacitated by his bullet. It went through her hand, on the way from the gun barrel to the front lawn of the house, via her left shoulder. At the hospital, X-rays had shown that somehow, almost miraculously, the projectile had missed every bone in her hand, and nearly every one in her shoulder, merely nicking her clavicle. Her wounds were considered non-life-threatening, and after several dozen stitches, and plenty of bandages, she was sent home. My opinion of her injuries was slightly different. To say I was shocked, and scared shitless, would be an understatement. The bullet had gone through the Velcro strap, above the Kevlar. 
a few inches lower would have tested the vest. A similar distance to the right would have made it a moot point, probably killing her. Emily took it all in stride. It was her first wound, but not news to her. She had plenty of colleagues that had similar stories, and spouses with similar reactions. Now, as I bared her shoulder and was faced with the scar of the exit wound, I was wondering if I would ever get used to that feeling of dread. I kissed the blemish, which was much more distinct than the three other wounds. The front of her shoulder was much less upsetting, and her hand was hardly noticeable, but I still had to open bottles for her, until the strength returned that I sat on the bed, and watched her put her weapon in the gun safe we had installed in our closet. She was now nude, and it was an oddly sexy picture of her handling the gun to render it safely unloaded. With the safe door closed and locked, she walked into the bathroom. I heard the water of the shower start. Care to join me? She asked, peeking around the door frame. This was our life. We had made a deal, almost three years ago, that she would be as careful as possible, and that I would confine my worrying to while she was away. I wasn't to let those fears contaminate our time together. To do so would be a waste of what might be a finite resource that I stripped quickly, and walked in, finding her already under the warm spray. She smiled, still with eyes closed, and turned to snuggle against my chest, sighing as I wrapped my arms around her. We leaned against the shower wall, enjoying the warmth and closeness for a few minutes, before she tipped her head back, silently asking for a kiss. I was happy to comply that Emily's body was what first attracted my attention. Along with her sparkling eyes, her spectacular curves were hard to miss. Now, I considered it a very fortunate bonus, as I couldn't picture my life without her in it. You know I love you, right? I said softly, caressing her wet skin gently. Emma, she nodded, rubbing her cheek against my chest. I love you too. When she kissed me again, I felt the stresses of the day melting away in her. I also felt her hand, which had found my semi-hard cock and was stroking it to a full erection. She slipped slowly down my body dragging her wet chest across my stomach, then lower, until her boobs were pressed against my thighs. I felt her tongue flutter over the head of my dick, and moaned. Oh, Emily, darling, yes, I sighed, as her mouth engulfed my cock slowly. If the shower was her way of unwinding after a difficult day, then this was her way of helping me do the same. She knew that I had been worrying about her, all day long, and this was a reminder that she was home safe. Besides, she really liked giving me blowjobs, and she was very, very good at it. Along with every other aspect of sex, Emily was all I could hope for. I was lucky that I watched her head bob slowly, feeling the exquisite combination of heat, wetness, and suction that marked her oral stimulation. She was moaning softly as she went, enjoying it nearly as much as I was, if that's possible. Go ahead, baby. She smiled using her hand for the moment. Come for me. You know I love the taste of your salty juice. Give me what I want. Having said that, her mouth went back to work on my cock, sucking expertly. Emily was virtually made to suck cock, with her plump lips and wide smile, that made it easier to accommodate my fat dick. She certainly knew what to do to me, and within minutes, I could feel my cauldron beginning to bubble that I put one hand on her head grabbing her wet hair for leverage. Her eyes opened, peering up at me through the spray bouncing off both of us, and she put her hands on my hips, 
signaling her surrender. She was letting me finish at my leisure, if leisure was what I wanted. Some days, yes, but not today. Today, I was more interested in feeling the release, as quickly as possible. My hips began to thrust reflexively, gliding my cock in and out between her succulent lips. It was a treat for my eyes, as well as my hard meat. Now with both hands on her head, I fucked her mouth deep, causing her to gag occasionally. But her hands, which had moved around to my ass, made no move to stop me. With a final lunge, I held her head close and spewed into her throat. Oh, F-U-C-K! I grunted, blasting semen over her tonsils. She coughed, spitting up saliva and gooey sperm, then took over, clamping her lips around the shaft and sucking hard. My cock flexed over and over, and she moaned with each salvo that surged into her mouth. I leaned back against the tile and let her slurp up the dregs, cleaning up the overspray. She released my softening penis and stood up. Em, thank you, baby. She smiled, rinsing under the warm water. Oh, um, sure. I panted, bracing my unsteady stance by sliding into the corner. You're welcome. Anytime. After our shower, we went downstairs and made dinner together. It was another of our little rituals, letting us be close to each other while we did something that needed to be done anyway. We took our time, cuddling and caressing each other frequently, and taking any excuse to rub together. It was lots of fun, and acted like extended foreplay.so did the flirty behavior during dinner. From our first date together, she had always found a way to rest her breasts on the table during our meals. She knew I was a sucker for those beautiful boobs, and took advantage of that knowledge. She would stretch her arms over her head, and arch her back, thrusting that magnificent chest out against the thin cotton of her t-shirt. Her pointy nipples punctuated the move, as did her mischievous grin. Later, snuggled together on the couch, we relaxed and watched a movie. I had the good fortune of being involved with a woman whose taste in movies ran more in the action category, rather than chick flicks. Occupational interest, I suppose, but it was another thing we had in common. So was our scathing critique of many movies. As a writer, I could recognize places where the screenplay could have been improved, largely artistic tweaks. Emily had much more technical issues. Procedures were her pet peeve, along with gun-related effects. I understand why they do it. She would smile. It needs to be visually impressive for the audience, but I've been shot. It doesn't look like that. Yes. I know you've been shot. Thanks so much for reminding me, as if that didn't already race through my head every time a character takes a bullet. Especially a female character. An attractive female character, with long brown hair. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had enough. I yawned. I'm going to bed. Are you coming? She arched her eyebrow and gave me a crooked grin. Am I coming? She giggled. Not just yet, but I'd love to. A few flicks of my thumb turned off the TV and DVD player, and I followed her through the lower floor, killing lights as we went. I was within reach of her sexy rump as we walked up the stairs to our bedroom and didn't waste the opportunity to get in a few gentle caresses. She enjoyed my touch, slowing her pace and swinging her hips in an exaggerated fashion. Her lounge wear was thin cotton, and did nothing to deflect my hands. It also came off quickly, and when Emily reached up and peeled her top over her head, it set her breasts bouncing nicely.
The shorts lasted another two seconds, leaving her nude and beckoning me toward her, as she took a position on her back in our bed. During our earliest encounters, I discovered that my delicious Emily had a few kinks. She had taken a vibrator in her ass while I fucked her pussy, a form of double penetration that did as much for me as it appeared to do for her. We had done the opposite, on occasion, with her taking a huge dildo in her pussy, and my thick shaft in her ass. She was very uninhibited. Then there was the brass swivel in the center of our headboard, hanging from the loop, a gleaming, silver pair of handcuffs. Not just your garden variety, sex shop handcuffs either. These were the real deal, exactly like the ones she carried on her belt while on duty. When she surrendered control, it was with absolute trust, but tonight the cuffs would be left and used. Tonight she wanted to be worshipped, and I was fine with that. About an hour of blissful intercourse followed, as we rolled around on our king-sized bed in various positions, gently stroking and thrusting, while moaning our enjoyment of the act. This was pure lovemaking, and I felt her have at least three, deep, trembling orgasms before her tight, clutching pussy finally drew a huge load out of me. Afterward, we lay in the dark, holding each other close. My hand was absent-mindedly stroking her shoulder, over her bullet wound. Are you obsessing, my love? She whispered, and rolled on top of me. Her eyes glistened in the ambient light as she looked down at me. Hmm? No. I smiled. Okay, maybe a little. I can't help it. I love you. I don't want to lose you. I appreciate that, she said softly and kissed me. I love you too. When I met Emily, I obviously knew she was a cop. I recall the day clearly, watching her slink around my backyard, looking for an escaped prisoner, pistol drawn. She was in uniform then driving a patrol car. I'm sure you've heard about those people who moved in next to any airport, then complained about the noise. Well, I'm not one of those. I knew what I was getting into, and who I was getting into bed with. Then I fell in love with her, and she with me. It made that conscious decision to risk the danger a little more difficult to live with. It also made her impossible to live without. So, with my emotional life firmly wedged between the proverbial rock and a hard place. I bit my tongue as much as possible, and tried not to be too obvious when I worried about her point three years together also meant that I now knew lots of cops. Dozens, in fact, and most of their families, as well. I wasn't alone in my position as the spouse of an officer. Since the force was predominantly male, that made me a minority in the sisterhood. We formed a support group, official and otherwise, for each other. I was very happy when Emily made detective. I know it's a minor consolation, but it seemed less dangerous, somehow. Patrol officers are much more likely to happen upon a crime in progress, and as Emily can attest, sometimes that leads to gunfire. Detectives are normally assigned to a crime that has already occurred. They solve cases, using information. When they go to make an arrest, it is normally in force, rather than a lone.so. The promotion got her off the streets, in a way, but she was still a cop and being a cop was always dangerous. We were reminded of that fact in a very undesirable fashion that I was at home one morning, when the phone rang. Now, any time the phone rings while Emily wasn't home, my mind immediately assumed, if only for a split second, that the worst had happened. My logical self dismissed that feeling as pessimistic, 
and that would be correct nearly every time. However, one of those calls had been bad news already. How many times does it have to happen before pessimism becomes a natural conclusion? I took a deep breath and answered it. Hello? I said. The voice on the other end was hysterical, sobbing, gasping, and distraught. It took me a few seconds to figure out who it actually was. Celeste Robinson was the young wife of an equally young officer in Emily's precinct. We had known each other for a little over two years now. She was part of the sisterhood, and an attendee at most of our official meetings. Like most similar group support organizations, the whole idea was to provide a safe environment, where one could openly share fears, concerns and feelings that needed to be let out. Emotions that can be overwhelming when faced alone tend to shrink to manageable levels when you have others standing beside you. Even completely rational and legitimate fears, such as those common among the spouses of police officers. It was a place to bear one's soul, without judgment. Celeste had certainly done that often. I knew things about her and her husband that I probably shouldn't have. Since I was the only guy in attendance most times, I had been anointed an honorary female and the girls didn't hold back. I mean, not every conversation we had revolved around worrying about police issues. About the only time I was expected to be a man was when someone needed a hug, and it seemed I had held all of these women nearly as much as I held Emily, if for somewhat different reasons. It was a service I enjoyed providing. So, when Celeste called, despite her hysteria, I knew what had happened. The details weren't important right now. She was in need, and had called on me. I sent Emily a text, telling her what I knew so far, and that I was going to spend some time with Celeste. She replied with a succinct I understand. Now, I'm not an undisputed expert on women, but I don't think a lot of wives would choose to have their husband holding a grieving widow so soon after the fact. Emotions were sure to be in flux, but Emily knew she didn't need to worry. There were three reasons she could be secure. Primary among them was the fact that I loved her. I knew it, and she knew it. I wasn't looking for anyone else, on the side or otherwise. Second, Celeste really wasn't my type. My tastes tended to run taller and more top-heavy, in other words, just like Emily. Celeste was quite petite, and while she was pretty curvy for a tiny woman, I thought of her more as a sister. The third reason was voiced more as a joke but still applied, despite its origins. Most people don't take betrayal well, and in my experience, women hold that grudge longer than men do. While a man may be more likely to act on the anger, a woman's wrath is frightfully personal. Having heard a woman once threaten to cut his dick off with a butter knife if he cheats on me, I tend to believe it. With that in mind, why would I provoke a woman who regularly obliterates the ten ring from ten yards out, using her Glock 17? Do not poke the bear with a stick. Arriving at Celeste's house, I took a deep breath before ringing the doorbell. Inside this house, a woman I knew well was living out my worst nightmare. The door opened, and there she stood, eyes red from crying. She was dressed, but just barely, having received the bad news while still in bed. As soon as she saw me, she collapsed, and I caught her under the arms, then scooped her up. I kicked the door shut and carried her inside. Heading to the sofa, I looked down at the light load weeping in my arms. In the process of catching her, her night shirt had come askew, and now was pulled up higher than she would like, if she was aware of it.
A small tuft of curly, blonde pubes sat above her little camel toe, bared by the situation, along with most of one breast which had slipped through the neckline. One soft, but delicious-looking pink nipple drew my gaze that I felt a little guilty seeing her like this. She was hanging limp, and clearly didn't know she was on display. As her friend, I tried to look away, and once we reached the couch, I laid her down and rearranged her clothes, giving her back her modesty. I covered her with a blanket, then went to get a cool, wet cloth to clean her up. When I returned, her eyes were open again. She tried to smile, but it was a weak attempt, and she let me wipe her face soothingly. Her tears had abetted for the moment. I'm so sorry, I said softly, kneeling beside the couch. She nodded, and her lower lip quivered, signaling the return of a wave of painful emotions. She held her arms out, asking for a hug, which I gave her. I felt her sobbing uncontrollably, and held her close, letting her get it out that I was having very mixed emotions myself. Holding a beautiful, emotionally vulnerable woman, and feeling her soft body against mine, I admit that a small part of me was enjoying the contact. That led to guilt. Both Emily and Celeste were trusting me not to take advantage of the situation. Mostly, I felt her pain. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I only hoped that should the day ever come when I needed the same kind of support, that someone would do the same for me. And then I prayed that day would never come that I spent a few hours with her. We talked. I listened, piecing together what had happened to her husband. Messages from Emily filled in some gaps. From what I could gather, it appeared to be a routine traffic stop. Both the suspect and Robbie's cruiser were on the shoulder. As Robbie approached the driver's door, an inattentive driver, passing by at full speed, strayed from his lane, just enough to matter. The contact bounced Robbie off the suspect's car and into traffic, where the following vehicle struck and killed him. It was a tragically stupid way to die, and made me grateful that Emily's traffic days were behind her. Just one less potential danger, in a world rife with them. I was just getting some food into Celeste when my relief crew arrived. Three other women, all police spouses, took over. They were going to bathe her, dress her, and then take care of her further. As much as I might have liked to watch, I was glad to be leaving at this point. I was exhausted. Back at home, I was happy to find Emily already there, and in one piece. She greeted me at the door, as though I had been the one at work all day. Just another one of the myriad of things I loved about her. She knew it had been a rough day for everyone involved, and was concerned about me. How's my darling? She asked, stroking my hair softly as she hugged me. Better now. I sighed, holding her tight. She was soft and welcoming, wearing her workout gear. I really miss you today. I know, baby she whispered in my ear. I wish I could have been there to help you. Everyone's in shock downtown. Is Celeste okay? No, but she's got someone there all night tonight to look after her. Somehow we'll get her through it, I said, as we walked through the house toward the kitchen. The funeral is going to be really tough for her. It's a good thing she doesn't have to plan it. Robbie's funeral would be a full, official police tribute and the department had staff whose very unpleasant job it was to take care of such things. The normal schedule would have it taking place in three days, and they had far too much occasion to practice. Promise me you'll never put me through this? 
I begged, slumping on a stool at the island in the kitchen. Emily came out of the fridge with a drink for me and stepped into my embrace. I'd like to, honey, I really would, but you know I can't, she said, rubbing my back. The best I can do is promise to be careful, and you have my word on that. Are you hungry? Yes, I nodded. The topic of danger was a contentious one for us, but she understood my concerns, and I understood that it went with the territory. The alternative was life without her, and that wasn't really life, in my opinion. I sat there, zoned out, while Emily made a very nice sandwich for me. She slid it across on a plate, then came to sit beside me, encouraging me to eat. Come on, sweetheart, you need to eat something. I know you're tired and emotionally exhausted, but if you don't eat, you won't be much help to Celeste tomorrow. She prodded. You know, I'm very proud of you, stepping up like that when she called. I know it's not easy for you, but you put the needs of others ahead of your own comfort. That's pretty special. It makes me love you even more. The sandwich didn't last long once I decided to eat it, and Emily gave me a kiss before she took my hand and led me upstairs. Let me take care of you now. She smiled, unbuttoning my shirt. Her hands caressed my skin softly, followed by her lips, as she peeled the garment away. Her eyes were full of love. Here, honey, why don't you just crawl into bed, and I'll be back in a minute to look after you. You've done enough for today. I have to admit, I like the sound of that. After spending the day with a woman who inadvertently flashed me repeatedly, and who had been mashed against my chest for a considerable period of time, it was nice to be allowed to act on those built-up urges. I stripped and slid into bed, eagerly awaiting Emily's return. She walked in, her hair brushed, and tucked into its bedtime ponytail. She was still dressed as before, if you could call a thin layer of spandex being dressed. She paused and gave me a little smile as she slowly tugged the short zipper that held the front of her top together, downward. More and more cleavage peeked out, until only a few zipper teeth held back the swell of her firm breasts. She stretched both arms over her head, and inhaled deeply. It was more than the zipper could stand. The elastic effect of the spandex pulled away, and her chest bounced free. Oops! She giggled, swinging her shoulders. She knew how I felt about her tits, and jiggled them enticingly before my eyes, in an effort to raise my spirits as well as another part of my anatomy. It worked. I smiled, and my dick twitched under the covers. She shrugged the top off, and turned away to skin the tight shorts off over her hips, giving me a view of her sexy ass, and the juicy pussy peeking out as she bent over to step out of them. Now nude, she lifted the sheet and crawled in beside me. What would you like, darling? She asked, a playful grin on her face. Or shall I surprise you? Lady's choice. I smiled. Being here with her was already melting the day away. Whatever she chose was sure to finish the job. Mmm. So many options. She purred, rubbing her luscious chest against me. Her hand found my cock, and she began to stroke it gently, moaning as it grew in her grasp. Well, why not start with something tried and true? Yes. No need to reinvent the wheel when her mouth could already send me to heaven. She slid slowly under the sheet, moving ever closer to the throbbing shaft in her hand. I felt her warm breath, then the moist tip of her tongue. She kissed up and down the length, top and bottom, 
then even licked my balls, before I finally felt her lips on the head. They parted slowly, and my cock slid deep into her warm, wet mouth. Her tongue swirled around teasingly. She sucked and stroked in a smooth, gentle rhythm. Emily had shown me her considerable oral skills on more occasions than I could count. She had given me the fast version, which proved to be more than I could resist. She had also shown me her patient side, in a blowjob that took nearly an hour to reach its extremely explosive climax. That one had made me come so hard my balls ached for two days. This one appeared to be leaning toward the latter. Either way, I knew it would be good. Oh, M, honey, that feels terrific, I moaned. A moan of response came from under the sheet. The bulge which was her head rose and fell slowly. I relaxed and let her do as she promised, take care of me, and needs I had suppressed throughout the day. Her mouth was magical. I swear, I'd kill for one of her blowjobs. Fortunately, Emily wasn't one of those women who viewed sex as a reward for bending to her will. To her, it was its own reward. This was definitely one of her best efforts. It was luxurious. I merely laid back and let her take me to heights I didn't know existed. She had a tight grip around the base of my cock, choking off the exit for both semen and blood, making my erection harder and even more purple than usual. Her moans of enjoyment mixed with my own. My balls were throbbing, desperate to empty the load that was building to explosive levels. Oh, fuck, Emily, you're too much, I groaned, fighting the urge to thrust my hips. It only made my agony more exquisite. Let me come, honey, or I'm going to burst the plumbing. She looked up at me, those deep, brown eyes piercing my own. I begged, without saying a word, and she winked at me, shifting her position slightly to take me deeper. She plunged her head forward, once, twice, and on the third she released her grip. Oh, good God! I gasped, as what felt like gallons of hot cum erupted into her sucking mouth. Fuck! Oh, fuck! Suck it, baby! The edges of my vision grew fuzzy, like a white tunnel closing in, and I continued to spray her throat with spasm after spasm. Emily just groaned, and kept swallowing, gulping and stroking with her hand. If there was a male equivalent to the multiple orgasm, I think I was having one, and she just kept on sucking, even after there was nothing left to expel. Her fingers tightened around the base again, and I knew she was trying to keep me hard, so she could have some fun, too. Surprisingly, it worked, and even though I was rendered incapable of the simplest tasks by the post-orgasmic haze, my cock remained viable, and she quickly climbed aboard stabbing my saliva-coated shaft up her dripping cunt. I hope you don't mind, she moaned, but I just have to have some more. Mo proleb hep yo sef, I mumbled succinctly. It made perfect sense in my head, but somewhere between my brain and my mouth, the signals got a little messed up. Did I break you? She giggled, grinding her pussy down harder. Rather than try to speak and fail again, I put my thumb and forefinger up in the universal gesture for a little bit dot. Well, just hold it together for another minute, baby. She smiled, fucking herself desperately. I watched her boobs bounce and jiggle. Under normal circumstances, I would have been compelled to grab them and suck on her deliciously tall nipples, but that required a level of coordination I had not yet read-acquired.so. I just laid back and took in the show. 
It took a little longer than the advertised minute, but it was worth the wait. I mean, my cock was totally numb, so I wasn't actually feeling much of anything, but Emily obviously was, and judging by her vocalizations, it was good for her. Oh, fuck yeah. I just love that big, hard cock. It's so fucking good, she groaned, pounding her wet pussy up and down with feverish need. Fuck. 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 Oh, yes. South close. Oh, baby. Yes. 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 Her body shook and twisted in ecstasy. Despite my distinct lack of involvement in her orgasm, I still felt the warmth of knowing she had come, and when she leaned forward to rest on my chest, I wrapped my arms around her. She moaned softly and snuggled tighter into my chest. Soon, she rolled off and took her place beside me, close under my arm. Sleep came quickly, bringing an end to a very difficult day. There would be more. The funeral was as nice as a funeral can be. One might almost call it inspiring, with all its respect, and ceremony doubt if only it weren't for the coffin, the folded flag, and Celeste's tears. Emily was at my side, of course, in full-dress uniform. Again, if not for the somber circumstances, I might have had different emotions. She always looked spectacularly hot in full dress. As we paid our respects, Celeste wrapped me in a warm embrace of gratitude. I had spent parts of the last three days with her, and would be spending many more. Grief has no timetable. Thank you for coming, she said softly. Both of you. Davis, I appreciate your support during this whole thing. She surprised me by kissing me, full on the lips. She held the kiss for a few seconds, then released me, and turned to Emily. Your husband is a very good man. He's helped me through a lot, and I hope I can continue to count on his friendship, Celeste said, taking Emily's hand. It is my sincere hope that he never has to go through this with you. Please be careful out there, for both your sakes. Of course, and thank you. Emily nodded her eyes moist. I promise. Don't hesitate to ask for anything. Anything at all. Celeste clung to me for the duration of the ceremony, until we passed her off to others, who took her home in the limo. Satisfied she was safe, we walked silently, arm in arm, back to our car. I was riding shotgun today, and once we were inside the quiet of the car, we sat, listening to each other breathe. You okay, honey? I asked, touching her hand. She was looking straight forward, eyes unfocused in the distance. A tear rolled down her cheek, and her lower lip quivered. That poor woman, she whispered, grabbing my hand firmly. I can't imagine how I'd manage without you. I think that's my line, I replied, equally gently. Unless hangnails have the potential to become fatal, I think you're safe. I'm the writer. You're the cop. Yes, smartass, I'm well aware. She smiled weakly. It's just what she said. The thought of either of us going through this pain. I mean, I know it has to happen eventually, but not now and not soon. Maybe in another fifty years. She squeezed my hand. If you can put up with me that long, I think I'm willing to risk it. I smiled. I won't promise anything beyond fifty, though. Okay, okay. She nodded. I guess that's fair. So let's do it. Huh. It took a minute for me to sort that one out. 
We had talked about it, but had been living together long enough now that we were legally a couple, anyway. Actual marriage had been put on the back burner. Maybe it was being moved back up front. Are you asking me to marry you? I giggled. Aren't you supposed to get down on one knee? Not in my dress uniform. She smiled, the previous sadness replaced by happiness. I just had it cleaned. All right, I'll let it slide this time. I laughed. But only this time. We laughed together for a moment, then I had to clear the air. You're sure you want to get married? This isn't the funeral talking? Emily sat for a few seconds, then turned to face me in her seat. Her eyes were piercing when she spoke. I won't lie to you. Is it because of the funeral? Maybe a little, she said directly. But that isn't the real reason. It just reminded me that we have unfinished business, and that I love you more than ever. Yes, I'm sure I want to get married. We've waited long enough. Of course, having waited long enough didn't mean we wouldn't have to wait a little bit longer. Emily's relatively recent promotion to lieutenant had put a pile of open investigations on her desk, and a few of those were at a critical juncture, meaning we couldn't get away right now, but we could plan for the opportunity. The opportunity which came about, in part, through Celeste.as the phrase elucidates. What goes around comes around. Most people only pull that one up when someone does them wrong, and they're looking for some potentially divine intervention. However, it has a positive spin, as well. ASA thank you for helping their daughter through her tragedy. Celeste's parents offered us the use of their villa on Maui, at the Grand Wailea. To call them luxurious accommodations would be an epic understatement. While the villa itself was located on higher ground, a few hundred yards from the beach, it did have an ocean view. Guests in the villas had full access to all the amenities at the main resort, a destination regularly considered one of the most beautiful in the world. If there's a better place to pledge your eternal love for someone, I'd like to see it.so, with the location for the ceremony set, it was just a matter of when. After much crunching of schedules for Emily, the date was set. In three months, we would wing our way to the Aloha State, and three days into our two-week stay, tie the knot in what was sure to be a very memorable event on the beach, near sunset. All we had to do was be safe until then, easier said than done. There was a time, during our lives, when police operations were a purely male domain. Whether because of narrow-minded politics, or simply because women hadn't yet discovered that particular line of work, men did it all, including dressing up as female targets and mugging or rape stings. We've all seen the comedies where Bubba Smith is in a dress, complete with mustache intact, trying to attract criminal activity. That's great for TV and the movies, but most criminals aren't quite that blind. Even the most petite and effeminate male officer still walks like a guy. That was then, of course. Now, they had the real deal to choose from and female officers regularly put their safety in even greater danger during these special operations. Emily had done it in the past. In fact, one of those ops was instrumental in promoting her to detective. Turns out bad guys found her irresistible. They weren't alone in that opinion. I made it clear to her that I wasn't thrilled with the prospect of her doing it again, and that I wanted her back in one piece, with the same number of holes in her as she started with. Alas, my opinion was carefully considered, then weighed against the fact that the police might be able to rid the streets of a particularly nasty man. 
It wasn't a real guilt trip, but it did make me feel a little selfish. In the end, she volunteered, and planning began for the operation. Emily was going to be the bait, but in this case, they knew the type of fish they were hoping to land. In fact, they had a reasonable idea of the specific fish. They even knew his name and address, none of which made it any less dangerous for my future wife, but it did allow them to focus their attention better. I wasn't supposed to know any of this, of course, but cops have to unload their baggage somewhere, and when Emily talked, I listened point three women had been raped in the same area of town, grabbed from behind, clubbed, and dragged into an appropriate, filthy place. None could identify their attacker. However, each was able to provide a small piece of evidence, a hair on one, scraped skin cells on another, and a small smear of blood from the one that fought back the most. Two of the victims had survived. DNA analysis showed that all three were attacked by the same man, but he was unknown to police, as his DNA was not on file in the system. It appeared that the cops were going to have to wait for another victim, and hope to get lucky with a witness. So, the investigation stalled. Months passed. All of this was before Emily's involvement, so while she was aware of it, I was only given the basics. Then a fourth victim was assaulted, and a fifth soon after. The big break came, not from a witness, but from a sharp-eyed lab technician. She noticed that, while the mystery attacker wasn't in the system, and his samples didn't match anything on file, they did have several markers in common with someone who was known to police enough markers to extrapolate a high probability of familial commonality. The scumbag was someone's brother, and that brother had a record dot that's about the point at which Emily volunteered. She was his type, as all the women had been brunette and slender. Under normal circumstances, the evidence so far might have been enough to bring the suspect in for questioning, but the circumstances were not normal. The brother on file, whose name I was not told, had been picked up for driving under the influence of alcohol. He was convicted, despite the extreme measures his family went to, in an effort to save their name. Now, because they had lots of money and a moderate amount of power, they had closed ranks. Both the sons hid behind their parents, and the small army of lawyers that kept the cops away. Meanwhile, the circumstantial evidence kept piling up. Now that they had an actual suspect, they could compare known whereabouts to the crimes. A pattern surfaced, as the months of dormancy were found to coincide with the whole family being abroad. Someone pulled some strings and found out that at one of the family's destinations, a similar attack had taken place. Circumstantial or not, it was beginning to look like they had the right guy under investigation, but no judge was willing to open the can of worms that this family had become. Give me more, if you want a warrant they all said so, the police observed, as best they could without being obvious. They compiled surveillance, from several sources, and figured out the suspect's patterns. Then they dropped Emily in the water, right under his nose. To say I didn't like it would be redundant. I hated it. Every second she was out there, I was a nervous wreck, even though she had walked me through the safeguards they had in place. Wireless earpiece and microphone.gps tracker, sewn into her bra, along with a tiny camera which recorded onto a chip, likewise secreted in the garment. A safe word. Pumpernickel, unlikely to come up during regular conversation, but enough to call in the cavalry. Her Glock was replaced by a much smaller weapon, and would be in her purse, well hidden, should the need arise. 
she would be supported by several other officers and watched from various vantage points that I still hated it. Yet, it went on, day after day, establishing Emily as someone whom he might like to, um, meet, and nothing happened. Well, actually not quite nothing. She did nab two attempted purse snatchers, but it was hardly worth the effort. I was beginning to worry that the repetitive failure might lead to complacency. I in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't know about it right away. Finding out after the fact was bad enough, and finding out the way I did was nearly enough to stop my heart. There was a knock on the door, and I answered it to find one of Emily's friends, a fellow detective, standing there. Scott? No! I gasped, bracing against the door frame. No, no, no! It's okay, Davis, she's fine, he said, putting his hand on my shoulder. We got him. She got him. She just sent me to get you and bring you to her. It's all good. I leaned forward, hands on knees, and caught my breath. Scott waited patiently. Once my pulse dropped to the three-digit range, I grabbed my coat. Where are we meeting her? The station? I asked, following behind him. No. That's why she sent me. She doesn't want you driving upset. We're going to the hospital, Scott said, with reassuring steadiness. It didn't work. Hospital? You said she was fine? I balked. She is. I promise. But the asshole didn't go quietly. Emily has a few bumps and bruises, so she's there to get checked out. Just procedure. Scott smiled closing my door and walking around to the driver's side. Why didn't I believe him? Walking into the hospital, I saw several officers I knew, and everyone was smiling. Okay, that eases my mind a little. It's doubtful that they'd be smiling if she was in danger. Scott led me to the door and patted my back. Delivered safe and sound. He laughed and stepped aside. There, in a bed, was Emily. She looked good if moderately worse for wear. When she saw me, she smiled. Got the bastard! She grinned. I stepped closer and hugged her. She was going to have a black eye. There was a bandage on her head, and her previously damaged left shoulder was in a sling again. Can we get you a job as a security guard at an old age home? I asked. You're killing me, baby. Ah. Don't worry, honey. She giggled, kissing me softly. Easy for you to say. I nodded. Are you going to tell me about it, or do I have to read it in the papers? I'll tell you. She agreed. But you have to wait for my head to stop ringing. Oh, and you have to let me tell it, without interrupting me with your worries. Deal? Fine. I sighed. There was no use arguing. I had learned that most things were best done her way, even sex. M. Especially sex. May I assume that you are benched for the near future? I asked, gesturing to her shoulder. I get to take care of you? Yes, my love. She smiled. Looking forward to it. Where are your clothes? I asked, glancing around the room. Over on the chair, she said, tilting her head. Police sweats. Everything I was wearing is now evidence. So am I, although I've already been processed. You just missed the lab rats. They swabbed, scraped, and sampled every inch of me. I'd like to see his family get him out of this one. He's fucked. I hope his cellmate is a black guy, 
with a huge dick and a fanny fetish. A few minutes later, a doctor came in, and I stepped out to let them talk. When he left, a few minutes later, I went back in. Still alive? I laughed. Yes. You'll have to put up with me a little longer. She giggled and handed me a prescription. Could you get this filled for me, honey? There's a pharmacy on the main level, and I'm waiting for a nurse to give me a shot. My shoulder is killing me. It hurt less when I was shot. When you get back, I can probably go home. Can do. I smiled and kissed her carefully. Don't go anywhere. I scooted out the door into the hallway. Scott was still there, as were a couple of uniforms, posted at another door. Told you she was fine. Scott smiled as I approached. The bastard is in there. He pointed to the uniforms guarding the door. She fucked him up pretty good. Serves him right. I paused. Part of me wanted to see the man who hurt my baby. Another part thought it would be best left alone, and that's the part that won today. I'd hear the details later, from Emily. Until then, I had pills to get. Despite the lineup in the pharmacy, I was taken to a side counter, and the script was filled immediately. Seems word had made the rounds that a hero cop, a female hero cop, had taken down a serial rapist. The pharmacist smiled as he passed the bottle to me. You tell her we're proud to help. He nodded. Within minutes, I was back at her door. I stuck my head in. PSSST. Wanna buy some drugs? I smiled, shaking the bottle like a rattle. Em, if they're like the shot I just received, then yes. Definitely. She smiled back, a woozy expression on her face. I feel great. I wanna fuck. Come on. Do me right here. I think that's the morphine talking. I laughed, picking up the sweatpants off the chair. Let's get you dressed and take you home. Then you'll fuck me? She slurred. I really want you to fuck me. Well, we'll see. I smiled. She bared her legs, and I saw the bruises and scratches. One thigh had a couple of deep gouges, covered by a bandage. I also saw her pussy, thankfully undamaged. I slipped the pants up her legs and helped her to her feet then tied the waist snug. You're doing it wrong. She giggled. If you're gonna fuck me, you're supposed to take things off. Like this. With surprising dexterity, she whipped the hospital gown off over her head with one hand, leaving it hanging from her damaged left shoulder. Her upper body was equally scraped, and a bruise across her neck showed where he choked her. Her breasts looked red and sore. Oh, honey. I winced, pulling the gown off and the sweatshirt on. I think you need to rest for a while. You don't want to fuck me? She whimpered. I really need you to fuck me. I need you to, to want me. Her tears flowed out. I held her gently and let her let it out. She cried for several minutes while I soothed her and whispered reassurances in her ear. I knew this would happen eventually, but I didn't think her armor would break while we were still in the hospital. I suppose the drugs might have played a part. Her strong, brave exterior was covering a frightened woman, and it was the woman I loved. As her emotions eased, she recovered and pulled back with a sniff. Sorry, I got you all wet, she giggled. I needed a shower anyway, I replied, rubbing her back. Let me get a chair and let's get you home, okay? I'd rather walk.
She smiled, standing up. If you're sure? I asked. I am, she said softly. But I will take your arm. So we walked out. Slowly, but defiantly. Scott and the two uniforms both gave Emily a round of applause. Thank you, thank you. She smiled. No autographs, please. I was so proud of her. We had a couple of quiet, restful days at home. Emily slept a lot and I watched her. I fed her. I bathed her. I took care of her and I waited. She told me she would tell me what happened when she was ready to do so. I knew she would, but my patience was running out. I tried not to let it show or to let it affect us that we were in the den, watching TV again. She was laying on her side, with her head in my lap, while I stroked her hair. She sighed and rolled on her back, looking up at me. Several seconds of silence were broken at last by the words I had been waiting for. Thanks for being patient, honey, she said softly. Are you ready to hear about it? I managed not to scream yes. For God's sake, instead keeping my reaction to a respectful nod. Okay. Help me up, please, she asked, offering her right hand. Her left shoulder was out of the sling, having been only partially dislocated. I took her hand, and together we got her sitting upright. I waited, and finally she began. Hmm. Where to begin? She smiled. Well, as you may know, we had him under surveillance for quite some time, figuring out his movements and schedule. That's how we knew where to put me. Anyway, as well as tracking him, we needed to give him a schedule to figure out, so he would know where I would be. It took some time to establish that I ate my lunches in that park on sunny days, and walked through it on my way home. Because we were watching him, we knew he was watching me, and I had a pretty constant narrative running in my ear telling me how close and where he was relative to me. There was only one blind spot, and he found it. Wonderful, I snarled. She touched her fingertip to my lips, silencing any further comments from me. He's a criminal and a scumbag, but he's not an idiot. If he was, we'd have caught him already. So, I'm walking along the path, and I hear Unit 3 is blocked, which means my extra eyes— watching from a high-rise building with binoculars, have lost me behind some trees. Thud! I get hit from behind, and grabbed around the neck. He dragged me through a gap in the bushes, I guess, because by the time my head cleared, I was laying on my back in the grass. My left arm was bent behind my back, and trapped under me. That's how my shoulder got hurt, I guess. I tried not to picture my darling in such a vulnerable position at the mercy of a sex-crazed lunatic. However, since she was here, and telling me the story, I suppose she might not be quite as vulnerable as it appeared. I probably should have just used the safe word, right then. If we caught him like this, we'd have our sample to compare to the other victims, and his family wouldn't be able to do squat. But I wanted to nail his ass, beyond any doubt. So I said nothing doubt I could hear the other officers, checking with each other and alerting everyone to my last known location. They were moving in already, safe word or not. It all happened pretty fast after that. I leaned forward, my attention riveted. Scott said she fucked this guy up pretty good. I wanted to hear about it. He was on his knees, between my legs, and he ripped my blouse open. I almost wanted to tell him to smile, 
because the camera in the brown now had him dead to rights. He groped me with his left hand, then went to choke me, while his right hand ripped my panties off. He was unzipping his pants when I'd had enough. I saw my opening, and went for it. I had winced when she mentioned being groped, and having her underwear yanked off. She touched my hand. It's okay, baby. I'm fine. She comforted me. I bridged up, lifting my hips, and grabbed his left hand, pulling him off balance. Because his right hand was low, undoing his pants, my left leg went up on his shoulder, and I locked my right knee over my left ankle. I had seen this before. It was an MMA staple, called a triangle choke. It was even better if you could get the arm out, but still quite effective with the arm trapped. Of course, in an MMA fight, the chokey would tap out, before passing out. Emily had no intention of releasing this one until he was out cold. I pulled it tight, and even got my right ankle under his body, so his own weight just made it tighter. I felt his collarbone snap. His right hand was scratching and clawing at anything he could reach, hence the marks on my legs. I remembered the safe word, and growled pumpernickel, motherfucker, about the time he went limp. I held it for another few seconds, then kicked him off, and stood up. I was able to get my boobs back in my bra with one hand before my backup arrived. Since his pants were around his knees, I gave his dick a parting stomp, just as they came through the bushes. I winced again, this time in sympathy, albeit not much sympathy. I was just happy it wasn't my penis she was stepping on with malice. The rapist deserved it. Anyway, that's about it. My arm hurt like hell, but now that I wasn't laying on it, it eased a bit. The boys gave me a clean jacket, so evidence on me wouldn't be contaminated, and called me an ambulance. I asked Scott to pick you up, and he brought you to the hospital. End of report. That was just fine with me. It was over, and now I knew what had happened, so all we needed to do from here is figure out how to get back to normal. During the days of silence, I had done a lot of thinking, putting myself in her place. While I knew that she was much stronger mentally and emotionally than I was, it came with the job, there was one inescapable fact. She had been sexually assaulted. Maybe it wasn't a surprise, and she had known it would happen for weeks, but still it had happened. A traumatic experience like that can't just be swept aside. If it was me, I would have trouble separating the pleasurable side of sex from the memory of the assault.so. How could we get past it? I had a feeling this was one of those times when communication would be even more important than usual. Silence can so easily be misinterpreted by a mind that is in a state of emotional turmoil. We needed to talk it out, every step of the way. Darling? I said softly, as we held each other in the dark comfort of our bed. Emm? She replied, snuggling against my chest. Can we talk about how to proceed from here? I asked. I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. Go ahead, she breathed. Tell me what's on your mind. I just want you to know that I love you, and nothing has changed that, but I feel like I need to walk on eggshells right now. If I step back and give you space, you might think I don't want you, which is not true. If I act normally. Well, he kind of muddied the waters there. I'm afraid to touch you the wrong way. I don't know if I should just let you tell me when you're ready to be physical again, or just show you that I feel the same way I always have. What do you want me to do? 
Emily was silent, but I felt her tremble and the warmth of a tear on my chest. I waited for her to compose herself. Davis, honey, I don't know what to say. She sniffed and rolled to face me. I could see the trails of her tears. Thank you for making the effort to understand. That's why I love you, because you do things like that. I wish I could give you an answer, but I really don't know right now. Part of me wants space to heal, and part of me wants to feel you inside me again. I didn't think this assignment would fuck us up like this. I'm sorry, baby. Don't worry, honey. I smiled, pecking her on the nose. We'll get through this. We still have a wedding to attend. I looked into her eyes and marveled that this beautiful, caring woman had chosen me to spend her life with. Her eyes closed, and she pressed forward touching her lips to mine gently. It wasn't the first kiss since the incident, but while those were meant to support, this one was different. She pulled back, eyes open again, then sighed, and came back with an emotional tidal wave, crushing our mouths together. Our lips parted, tongues tangling in a reassertion of our love. Desperation overpowered all else, washing away the uncertainties we both felt. It had been several days since we had made love, and neither of us were willing to wait a minute longer. Emily yanked at the t-shirt she was wearing, dragging it off over her head with difficulty, but off it came. We embraced again, moaning our desires, and I felt her hand searching out my cock, which was straining against the fabric of my underwear. She pulled it clear and rolled on her back, guiding it to her entrance. Please, she hissed, and I pushed inside her as our mouths met again. She groaned and clawed at my ass, urging me deeper with each thrust until our hips met and my cock ground against her clit. Oh God, yes! I need this, she whispered, wrapping her legs tight around me. Do it, baby. I suppose the general thread of our previous conversation might be viewed as when the time is right, we'll know it. Well, it was screaming now. At the top of its lungs. If the assignment had tainted sex for us, now was the time to change that dot it was almost as though we were starting over, and the excitement and desire was palpable. I tried to remember to be gentle, due to her bruises and wounds, as well as her mental scars that I gave her long, slow, deliberate strokes, which made her moan with delight. She held me close to her body, whispering sweet directives in my ear. M, yes, darling. I've missed this. The closeness and intimacy. Thank you for giving me space. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for loving me. I can't tell you how much having you here for me has meant. I was afraid that this particular assignment would damage our relationship, but you showed me it didn't have to. I love you so much. We were us again. I didn't need to hear the words. I could feel it. While she wasn't really a rape victim, she was the next best thing. I suppose that should be next worst thing. Only planning, training, and close support had kept her from becoming more victim than arresting officer. Emily kissed me hard. I could sense her body beginning to quiver. Oh God, baby, that's it. Right there. Right there, she grunted. Harder. Fuck me harder. I want it. Make me come. Now that was more like my Emily. I felt a flood of relief and did as she asked, drilling her faster and deeper. I also felt a rush of excitement. My fears now seemed unfounded. Emily was safe, in my arms, 
and apparently unchanged by the incident. She was grunting and moaning happily as I pounded into her sopping wet depths, and I knew she was close to orgasm. I was almost there myself, having been swept up in the moment, and I gritted my teeth in an attempt to hold back the inevitable. I turned my head and saw the look of bliss on her face, eyes shut tight, as she concentrated on the pleasure she was feeling. That look was too much for me, and I lost it, slamming home once more before I erupted. With a roar, Emily's eyes opened wide in surprise, then closed again, as she smiled and gasped at the arrival of her own orgasm. We ground our hips together, each of us caught up in milking every ounce of pleasure from the other, both of us panting hard at the effort. I flooded her pussy with a huge load of sticky goo, and she drenched me with a wave of her own fluids. It seemed it would never end, but as we both felt that surges waning, we looked into each other's eyes. Em, yes, thank you, darling. She smiled, caressing my face with one hand. The other hand held my ass tight, not willing to risk me pulling out, while she undulated her hips and worked my shaft against her clit for a few more seconds that I rested on top of her, catching my breath, and thinking about what I wanted to say to her. She read my mind. Let's go to Hawaii next week, she suggested. I could use the extra time off, and no one will deny me the vacation. All the reports are filed, and the trial won't be for months, so there's no time like the present. Do you like that idea? I do, I replied, with a giggle as I realized I'd be repeating those very words in a few days dot a vacation in paradise, with my beautiful Emily. My world. My life. My wife dot my hero. The End